I mean, I'm, I was born and bred lining kugels. Um, sure. So just to have like something similar on tap at home would be, you know, was always, always a blessing for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Lager is life. Yeah. Lager <laughs> is life. Yes. That's, that's absolutely right. This podcast is sponsored by Grazia Veda Concept Salon and Paradise Massage where whole-body care is their specialty. Now offering massage, nail, and hair care services tailored to everyone's individual needs. They're conveniently located at 4638 Golf Road in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or find them online at graziesalon.com. Hey, travelers. It's another Taproom Takeover podcast. Um, we're actually in a familiar location, at a location that we've actually already been, um, but we're actually out on the deck this time, so we're at the Lazy Monk Brewing, but instead of Laotian Teresa this time, I'm blessed to have uh, Joe and Grant with me. They are home brewers uh, from Eau Claire, and believe it or not, that is one thing that we've never done in all of the years that we've done Taproom Travelers is interview home brewers, and uh, I think I think it's super important, especially considering um, that. A lot of the, the head brewers and assistant brewers that you see in the breweries that we go to started out as home brewers. Um, so thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, so uh, let's let's start off. How did you guys get into home brewing? Was it, uh, hey, I, I really think the process is cool, or is it, I really want five gallons of beer? <laughs> <laughs> um. When I got into homebrewing, it was mainly because of, I basically blame it on lagers and like uh, Martian style beers. Sure. Um, like my first ever Oktoberfest when I was in uh, Chippewa, you know, ages ago now. Um, I just love the Oktoberfest Martian styles. Yeah. Um, and then ever since then, I've just been a lager fanatic ever since. Um, but. And now you see in like the industry, that's one thing that's coming back is like a lot of craft loggers. Yeah. Um, which is good because that's what I love. And I love to see that, you know, there, but, um, but yeah. Um, and then I migrated over to like some ales and, and stuff like that periodically. But, um, yeah, as a core, basically loggers is what got me into homebrewing. Um, so just, just the want to have more lager in your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, because I mean, I'm, I was born and bred lining kugels, um, sure. so just to have like something similar on tap at home would be, you know, was always, always a blessing for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lager is life. Yeah, lager <laughs> is life. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. But, how about how about you, Joe? Uh, with, with myself, I just like a regular craft beer fanatic i casually mentioned to my wife one day that i wanted to get into home brewing yeah and i think for my birthday in 2014 she surprised me with one of those um one gallon homebrew kits like you see in in the store the mr brew home kit yeah. Yeah. something like yeah. that and, yeah you know i i kind of didn't mess with it for a few months and tried it one day and for a year we were living across the river in phoenix park and i started doing one gallon kits in my kitchen uh, 
did that until we moved to another house where I kind of graduated to five gallon kits and yeah uh, both of those were extract kits and then that's kind of where we are t- today just five five gallons at a time at home sure and that's that's one of the things I know that a lot of people have questions about home brewing and you know the difficulty of home brewing and uh, the difference between extract and all grain and and all of those things um, so you guys you guys are part of a, a home brewing club right yes yep and what's that club called the Western Wisconsin Homebrewers Guild. Okay. Um, we have a lot of members throughout uh, the area. Um, Eau Claire, Chippewa. Um, Strum. Strum, Oliva, you know, um, just a wide variety. Uh, some members came in from the Menominee Group and uh, so on and so forth. So so is that is that something that if people were looking into homebrewing or um like that they could be a part of or is this you know like an exclusive group um no we uh we gain new members pretty much not every day but there's a lot of new members that uh, come in yeah um to uh, novices to semi-advanced brewers you know and and they all have questions and everybody has questions because we all want to make the best beer possible that we can make um so um I myself, I've been brewing for, what, 12, 13 years now. Um, yeah. Kind of one of the founding members of the group, and and I'm always willing to help everybody out that wants to help out. So, um, yeah, it's it's from what a lot of the people said that are in the group, it's, it's probably the funnest group they've ever been in because we don't really take it really seriously, but we do. Right. I mean, when we have our meetings and stuff at like certain breweries, and um, we just talk about beer, we just talk about having fun, and and um, if there are some serious questions, then we can answer them. You know, yeah. um, it's it's not like all all seriousness, and it has to be like that every time. So. Right. And I think it's you know we have to shout out the local breweries that allow us to come in. Absolutely. Um, oh, absolutely. Once a month, and uh, have meetings in the tap room. But uh, this was pre-pandemic but i believe we're gonna start getting into that relatively quickly yes but uh the, the local breweries have been great just letting us come in they, we've done wart shares mm-hmm. um, when you when you can bring in 10 to 15 people and we purchase their product we sample our product it's, uh, it's good give you a lot of feedback on yeah on the on the process and, yep. and the beer and yep um yeah, like uh, Joe said, there was a lot of wort shares. We did a few of them, one at Modicum, one at K-Point, quite a few years ago. Um, what is a wort share, Grant? Uh, <laughs> a wort share. Oh, yeah, that, yeah that, it sounds, yes. sounds like you're sharing uh, yes. yeah. growths yeah. on your skin. So so <laughs> what, <laughs> whatever the brewery that we go to comes up with or whatever they want to, if they have any extra grain or anything like that they uh, want to get rid of, or whatever we decide if he's okay with it yeah um they can brew the wort and then everybody from our group comes in with a fermenter and then we fill up the fermenter and then we take it home and we ferment it ourselves either lagering or yep. uh, using lager yeast or we can use an ale yeast or saison or how i'm how, many different ways of doing it dry hopping right a lot of different ways and um the modicum wort share we did, I made an ice beer out of that. Ooh. 
I actually freeze distilled half of it um, and I made a, a regular lager out of that one and that, and, and <clears throat> that one was really good um, and then a lot of other guys did uh, like saisons and they took half the batch and they fermented it with one particular yeast and then they did the, uh, the other one with another particular yeast to kind of compare yeah um, so there's a lot of opportunity there to kind of you know yeah that that was the fun piece of it you get this this base recipe of a beer and you can get 20 different home brewers and the the beer comes back as 20 different beers you know, yeah obviously dozens of different hop combinations or yeast strains yeah. or fruit additions yeah. yeah it's just and that's that's a super fun part of it you know the, yep. the home brewing yeah, you can like, do whatever can do, you want. Do whatever you want, right? And it's yeah. five gallons or or even less at a time, and instead yep. of the big system that you would mm-hmm. work on in a brewery, yep. or typically in a brewery, I, you know, I guess some breweries have smaller systems, but uh, yeah. So with all of that, and you you said you see a lot of new members all the time. If someone were to say be interested. And, and from your experience, and I know everybody has a different experience when they get into home brewing, um, what what would you tell them to look for or start with if they wanted to start experimenting at home? Um, what I would suggest, which is me, because I started all grain yeah. from the get-go. I didn't okay. go, I went uh, no holds barred right out of the gate. Um, obviously, you can do partial mash and extract, but... I don't, I feel like it doesn't produce the best beer possible, Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, But if I were to suggest something from a new home brewer that was interested in, if they wanted to start out, they could probably do like the regular stovetop brewing. Yeah. Just to kind of get their feet wet a little bit and just to kind of see if that's really what they want to do. Um, because then after the stovetop, you can either do propane or uh, what I have is an, e- is an electric system. That's pretty much minimal investment at first. Yeah, minimal or investment. Or you could go full bore. Thousands then, of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I've actually started out uh, doing stovetop all-grain brewing. And um, um, I liked it so much then it's like, yeah, then – it's been a rabbit hole ever since yeah. I spent so much yeah. money on, <laughs> on all this stuff that I can think that I can make my beer that much better. And, you know, so I think I, I did stovetop extract and propane extract and now into propane all grain. Yep. Um, I've had my setup for probably three or four years now and I enjoy it. I like using it. And I think eventually I want to just progress to electric setup like Grant has. Yes. I'm kind of limited to brewing in my garage right now. Sure. Where As I imagine, a lot of home brewers probably yep. are the backyard. Yep. Or the backyard, and, and, and I sit in the luxury of my own house in the basement watching TV while I'm mashing in. So yeah. it, it, <laughs> it's, it's a different perspective. <laughs> so if, if people were looking at, you know, there's because there's, even from my point of view, and I'm not a home brewer, but I didn't because I was intimidated. So from the intimidation standpoint, where would you think or say that the best place to get information? Because I know a lot of, even though we're YouTubers, I would say that the information that we give on YouTube is good information, but mm-hmm. obviously you can't trust everything that you see right. on YouTube. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's actually a really tough question because there's a lot of information that's kind of false too at the same time. Right. You know, um, 
So it would be a book? Like buy a book? Um, you know, I would go, probably, go the old route? Yeah, those old books like by... Charlie Papazian. Yeah, Charlie Papazian and uh, John Palmer and all them um, would probably be the best bet um, for like a beginner to really get a base knowledge going. Yeah. Um, like with me, I... I kind of first started out not with any books, but I was on the forums like Homebrew Talk or Homebrewers Association, you know, and there's like a million views about how to brew beer, you know, and and you say, I want to do this and I want to do that, but there's also all these other people that do differently, so they have different opinions. So it's actually really kind of hard to start out. Right. Right, you know, to get your feet wet, so... um, so it's it's also pretty easy to make beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to make great Good. beer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's but, um, yes. I can make beer in my toilet, and <laughs> it'll be beer. But to make really good beer, that's that's the hard part. And I would imagine that's what most people are striving to go after is good beer. And obviously, mm-hmm. the your first time out, it's probably not going to be yes. fantastic yes. beer. Yes. My first beer that I ever made was not very good at all. Yeah. Um, so that comes with experience, I guess, as they would say, you know, the uh, the more, uh, the more, the merrier, but, um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know that I've ever made, I've never made an infected batch of beer. I think kind of like Grant starting out the first year, the beer was just, it it was subpar. It was definitely drinkable and I, I did drink it, but. So, so for those that are just getting into it, maybe they don't know what an, an infected beer is. Tell us what an infected beer is. Well, I think some of the, uh, all the brewers you've talked to, they said the most important part of brewing is cleaning and sanitation. Right. All that, yeah. That carries absolutely. right over into into home brewing. Mm-hmm. So, um, if your cleaning and sanitation program isn't effective, then you have can get wild yeast or an infection into your beer, which is unintentionally comes out sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, Nine chances out of ten, if it's infected, it's going to be sourish tasting. Um, but, yeah, um, all the brewers around here will tell you 90% of brewing is cleaning, yeah, sanitation, and then the other 10% is, like, actual brewing. Um, I hear you have to be really good at janitorial services. Yes. yes. And, and <laughs> really the only difference is the scale. I mean, sure. Sure. It, t- it takes a long time for the big brewers to do it because their scale is different. I mean, they right. got to do with big tanks and everything, and we just either have buckets or carboys or stainless fermenters that we can flip over and sanitize pretty easily. Um, so it's the same principle, but it that does vary on scale. But, right. Um, but as far as beginners, you know, if we start having meetings again, we welcome anybody to, even if you don't, even if you don't homebrew now, you're, you're welcome to come and sample homebrew. Um, it's probably one of the easiest ways to get into it, just us helping you. Absolutely. Reading books. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a homebrew shop in Menominee that you can go there and probably get everything you need to brew in, in one mm-hmm. day. So. And and the, the convenient thing about that is it's right across from... Right across um, from Nonic. Yeah, yes. Nonic. Yes. So you, you can get so all your supplies and then go have your, a beer. Y- yes, you can get your supplies <laughs> and then you can go have a nice cask ale. Yes. At the same yeah. time. Oh, cask ale. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so the difficulty, we, we've got that figured out. And, and I, I really wanted to point people in the, dire- in the right direction as far as um, if they were looking for information. So, so mm-hmm. thanks for clearing that up because... 
uh, I've talked to people before and, and they're like, you know, I, I went on YouTube and I, I did this and, yeah. and it turned out terrible yep. or I, I ended up getting like, you know, <laughs> wet oatmeal that didn't ferment or, yep. you know, yep. uh, <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's very important. Um, as far as uh, any anything else in the process goes, you know, for homebrewing, what you know, is there anything that I left out as far as if you're starting? Um, let's see here. What do you think, Joe? Well, I guess come with a style. What I guess if you yeah, not What's, that you you're trying you to like make a drink? clone, yes. but yeah, what do you like to drink? Yeah, lagers are more difficult to homebrew, just as they're a little more difficult to brew on a um, normal scale of brewing. So. Would you say patience is probably a good thing to have? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Be patient with your, with the process. Be patient yeah. with yourself. For the first-time beginner, yes, patience is a virtue. Um, Don't I, expect an award-winning beer yes. on your first <laughs> five batches. Even <laughs> even now, as brewing all this time, I still have patience, which is kind of hard. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, mainly because I brew lagers, <clears throat> so my uh, my pipeline is months old by the time i actually tap it because i gotta right. let it lager so there's a lot of patience involved um but um when you're brewing you know you don't have to get everything right the first time you know like i said just just get your feet wet um and then just see if you like the process and and the more batches you get under your belt the more you're going to be good at it you know i mean just like anything else what would you say is one of the easiest styles to start out on easiest styles would probably be no no bash to any pale ales or ipas but i think those are probably the easiest sure um mainly because they can hide a lot of the a lot of the flaws with excessive amount of hops um and that's what i first started out as was a lot of ipas and pale ales and they all come out okay yeah you know? yeah but then once i brewed them differently and my advance went a lot further along um then they started coming out not very good you know yeah. so then i had to revamp my whole process and everything like that so yeah i would say pale ales i think what i did for years was um called smash beers single malt and single hop yes okay so i you know whether it was just two row and just experimented with a different hop every time you, you can kind of get a feel for what hop you like uh, maybe what grain you like i think after a while i started started going to maris otter grain i just did you know maris otter and cascade or maris otter centennial and mm -hmm. they're easy to ferment if you rate around five percent they're they're not going to knock you over and they're pretty affordable to do as well yes and they're and they're um very easy drinking too yeah, when they're not so uh, syrupy tasting with all the specialty grains, they're sure. um, really, really poundable. But so that's a good place to start. Instead I, of yes, I would start probably as if if you were doing all grain, if you were to go for all grain, I would do a smash beer easily, one grain, one hop. Right. Um, get so, your feet wet. Yeah, and get your feet wet, and and then you can ferment them with different yeast strains that you choose. I sure. mean, they have a lot of different dry yeast available now. Um, lot of liquid yeasts um so it just depends on what you want to use what you want to do would you say that we're probably further along right now so it's it's a much better time to be a home brewer now than it was say 10 years ago oh ab absolutely um even like 
say 20 30 years ago like right. um i had a home brewer buddy that that's all he did in the 80s was homebrew and he only had a selection of one selection of grain and one selection of yeast that he used wow it's important to remember that homebrewing used to be illegal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> so, that's right and yeah there wasn't a lot of variety back then there wasn't even any homebrew stores really um and then now it's actually gained quite significant popularity um yeah, now it's all over the place. You can find homebrew shops, or like Joe said, the one in Menominee, and then uh, you go over to uh, the cities. Northern Brewer is a major, uh, major distribution of homebrew equipment. Um, right. So, so it's easy. It's pretty accessible. And I, I mean, yes. I've I've seen it myself too, and and um, so I think I think it's great. That's you know for people that want to get into it. Um, for people that have seen homebrew recipes like I have, or even a beer recipe like I have, and we go back to that intimidation factor, mm-hmm. where there's a ton of numbers and none of it makes any damn sense. Right. You know, it looks, <laughs> looks like an algebra equ- equation gone wrong. Yep. Uh, is it that? Is it that hard? Like the first recipe, or the even the first twenty recipes that you look at? Um, I would probably say, if you're first starting out, yes. Yeah. Because you don't know where to start. Sure. You know, you got to figure out, there's a lot of equations that go into it. You know, your batch size, your <clears> efficiency, <throat> your whatever, you know, that you need to make. You just can't right. add X amount of water and X amount of grains to come out with whatever. So it is a mathematical formula kind of. Um, and there are a lot of brewing software programs out there that actually help brewers and, and that I use currently. Um, yeah. Uh, we all use them. Even the major breweries use brewing software to calculate a lot of that stuff. Sure. So, yeah, like um, on a smaller scale, you can each homebrew shop will have a, a kit, right? Yes. Comes with the the necessary amounts of grains, hop, and the mm-hmm. yeast to make the strength of beer yeah. that they're going for. But like Grant mentioned, um, I use Beersmith. And what software you use? I use uh, Brew. Uh, brew father so yeah there's uh, what i use currently. tons of softwares out there that uh, sure. kind of input the pounds of grain the ounces of hops and it, it skews uh or puts you right in target for the style you're trying to brew in mm-hmm. yeah it makes it fun to create your own yeah your, that's your, your own recipes so that's when you want to create your own like uh, joe said like you could get like the kits from northern brewer and they will literally have all the documentation of what to do step by step step by yeah. step you know yeah. so Getting into home brewing, I guess, would be easier t- that way is to buy a kit mm-hmm. or like an all-grain kit or a partial mash or an extract and just follow the recipe, I guess. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, and then if you want to get your feet wet a little bit more and dig into another rabbit hole, then, <laughs> you know, you can buy books on water. You can buy books on grain. You can buy books on mashing. And it's just a never-ending cycle. Sure. You know? As far as ingredients, like, Grant, you've toasted your own barley before right? i have yes i've i've done a few a few toastings <laughs> here and there <laughs> and uh you know we some some people grow their own hops and use yes. them in there yes sure. a lot of sure. guys use uh, their fresh hops outside you know so that's always fun yeah i have uh three plants at home and every fall i make a a wet hot beer that's just yeah. fun to it's an annual beer so yeah um you know you spoke to another guy in our group Tom from Small Dog Hops. Yep. And oh yeah. He's so. actually part of our group, yes, too. So he's uh, he's growing some good hops over there, um, um, and then he's 
did a couple collaborations with Ambibulous. Yeah, he's here. actually he's actually been on the podcast. Yep, so yeah, yep. Tom. So that's that's really good for him. And um, um, I do have some of his hops, and I plan on making a good pale ale with it. So. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, is there anything that I haven't covered? I, I feel like I've covered more for my own sake because I've I've been so intimidated by home brewings. <laughs> you should come to a meeting. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You should. Yeah. There's there's I mean. A lot of it's just rambling, <laughs> but I mean, we do actually talk serious. <laughs> well, once and, in you, a while. and you drink beer, so I mean, beer. it's yeah, yes. well, and it's free beer. Yeah, so you free can't, beer can't really go wrong with that. How, like once, okay, so I'll usually bring in a couple growlers. Sometimes I'll actually bring in a full keg. Um, sure. The last couple meetings were through the whole COVID times, so we actually went to some uh, one of our members' homes, and he had a kegerator there. Oh, nice. So that was a good opportunity for um, me to bring a full keg. Um, but normally we bring growlers and everything like that. But um, let's mention David, who likes to bring David. Yes, he David, brings kegs of homebrew to every meeting. David likes to bring. <laughs> sorry, David, but we got to pick on you a little bit. His, um, uh, I don't think he has a kitchen. His he made a whole room in his house. Yeah, a brewery. How, how big is his? It's system? insane. His house is. It's. Does oh, I've never been back. 15 gallon fermenter? Or? Oh, yeah, he's got. Oh, wow. He's got a, a big spike uh, conical, 15 yeah. gallon. Um, his uh, Colorado brew systems is half barrel system. As soon as you walk into his house, that's all you see. It's, 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 just, it's just a brewery. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. it's an, it, an exhaust fan out the side of his house? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very satisfying for me because that's what I like to see. But I don't know if his wife agrees. I don't know. But. Oh, well, but yeah, so you can bring a 12 ounce bottle to a meeting or a, a five gallon keg. Yeah, five I mean. gallon keg. Yeah, he likes to bring five gallon kegs sometimes. But. And so that's and that's that's a good way of uh, a non judgmental, you know, space where people can bring their beer and go, you know, have someone yeah. try it and go, hey, right. right, I see what you were going for. Maybe you missed the mark or right. or you hit it. Yes. Good job. Whatever you did, you did good. Yeah. Yes. There is a lot of that. Like if if you know they say, Oh, here, try this and and I'm I'm the kind of person that will give feedback. Sure. Um I'm not gonna total discredit it. Yeah. Um, but I will give good feedback on, you know, oh, you should probably do this. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried that? Um and then they also come up with the same ideas. And said, yes, I also thought the same thing. So they were thinking the same thing. They just wanted me to give my opinion. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, good feedback. Um, I think through that, in the four years I've been in your guys' club, we've had people that have greatly improved their brewing oh, skills. Oh, absolutely. Um, they're, they're like, they went from, you know, hardly anything, and I mean, brewing wise to to making really good batches of beer yeah. and i yeah. feel myself included you know yeah, yeah. feedback and help from yep. other people yeah. is and, essential and that's all it takes really is uh, just the the camaraderie i guess right being able to brew beer and having a good good amount of knowledge of people around you um so so what have you guys been brewing lately um i brewed a Hefeweizen for the first time in almost a year. Yeah. I've, I've been on a hiatus for a while because I just recently moved. Um, so I gradually getting my brewery back up and running. And I said, 
why not start now? I had yeah. most of my stuff ready. Let's go. So I didn't bring any of that today, unfortunately, because it's a little foamy. I, <laughs> I need to, it's, um, but um, Hefeweizens are known to be a little foamy sure. if they're not uh, settled down a little bit. So um, hopefully tomorrow or the next day I can actually pour a decent glass. So and that's where that patience comes in. That's where the patience <laughs> yeah. comes in, yes. <laughs> like, I don't brew as much as I used to as well. I have a two-year-old, so that kind of oh, takes yeah. some time. Yeah. But uh, yeah. my favorite style to brew is just kind of a, a pale ale. It's it's easy, it's quick, it, it's affordable. Um, and that's one you don't see much of when you're out and about in a brewery anymore. It's, uh, no. you know, I would say 10 years ago, you walk into a place more often than not, they had a pale ale for sure. Oh, and maybe a, a brown and yeah. you know, something else. Yeah. Now you walk into a place and I I can't tell you the last time I saw just a regular pale ale. Yeah, yep. that's something you don't see r- right now, you know. And it it's the way it's kind the way the, the industry's going. It's the way the industry's going. Yeah, is, uh, what it is, you know. You got your high sours, uh, pastry stouts, your really wild beers, you know people like to ferment crazy stuff and right. a lot of that is the way the direction's going um i feel like that was the first two years of my home brewing experience I, I tried to brew weird stuff yeah um put all sorts of fruit or crazy things in beer and now i haven't done that in years because i like to brew brew what i like to drink and i <laughs> yeah, like yeah exactly clean yeah. simple beer yep that's that's where my brewing went too you know you start out as the evolution, you start out with, oh, I want to brew the craziest thing ever. And then later on, you're like, I just want to drink what I love. Yeah. You know, and that's where I'm at. My wildest beer that I never cared for was a cucumber saison. <laughs> I've seen a recipe for it in the American Homebrewer magazine. I did it, and I still have a couple bottles. And Oh, wow. Tried drinking five <laughs> gallons of cucumber saison. Uh, yeah, that's that wouldn't go over with me very well. That no. would be a... That would be a dumper after a pitcher, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cucumbers have a very earthy, uh, yeah. different flavor, yeah. subtle. I think it was an article on brewing with vegetables, and you know, you, oh, can, sure. you can brew with sweet potatoes. Yeah. Uh, pumpkins, obviously. I do like salt on my cucumbers, so maybe if you had really, really salted so water. Cucumber goza. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> next time, okay. There you go. There's a missed opportunity, but no, next time. <laughs> Maybe this summer we'll see. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That could be a summer beer. Yeah, uh, oh. that's that's good stuff, guys. Um, I don't know if is, is there anything that I missed because I I really especially for those that are interested in home brewing, um, those that are like on the verge of, man, I really want to try it, but I don't know. I think a, a great opportunity is uh, coming up in July <clears throat> is the Northern Wisconsin State Fair in Chippewa. Okay. And every year there's a a home brewing contest. And um, our club usually has a booth there that we talk about homebrewing. Um, That's know, great. In the past, you guys have, I think we brewed, you guys brewed beer there. Yeah, my first year, I brewed an actual batch of beer. I had all my all my stuff there. Um, and then... So that's like hands-on. That's hands-on. 90 um, degrees it, in that old building. Yeah, it was <laughs> very intense. Um, but... That was one of the first years, or the second year, I think. So we had a gradual movement of more and more and more people. Um, I I wish I would have done that 
pre-COVID, so what, two yeah. years ago now? Yeah. Is when we had the most members there. Like, the whole building was filled with people. Wow. Um, but when I brewed there, there was only a handful of people, and me and uh, my buddy Trav were uh, sitting in there just kind of drinking our beer, brewing, and no one was really there. Free so, samples. Yeah, free samples, <laughs> so, really. Um, oh, you can't but, beat that. But, um, we, yeah, we did have a booth, and then the pre-COVID booth, um, um, we actually had it a little bit smaller um, just to not deal with it. Yeah, sure. With uh, so much. But that also went along with the homebrew contest, too, that was there. Um, um, Which is interesting because we met a lot of different homebrewers that, yes, that were, aren't in the club. Y- yes. and they necessarily didn't want to be in a club or the, they are intimidated by the club, which um, is fine. But it was, I think, one year a gentleman got best of show in the homebrew and he wasn't even in any club. Yeah, yeah, that was really odd. Like, I, I'm like, who is that? Yeah. And had no idea. And he won best of show, I think, was it for a Hefeweizen? I yeah. Um, wow. But, yeah, there's also, I mean, there's more people homebrewing than really meets the eye, I think. Sure. Um, and then, like Joe said, they just don't really want to be part of a club and they just kind of do their own thing. Do their own thing yeah. and be by themselves. Um, you know, which is fine, too. But um, but if, if any homebrewers are listening, please enter the, the contest. You Absolutely. You might win $2 it's and a ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but also you get a free entry into the fair. So oh, hey. For all yeah. all four, three, or three days, I think, is what it yeah. is. Yeah. That's and Eric from Modicum yes, is the judge. He's, he's going to be um, he's judging with uh, Candice. Um, also, from the coffee grounds, yep. yep. And yep. then um, he's got another gentleman there that um, I forget his name, but that's but, fun to have. Yes, a professional brewer and uh, Candace being very into the yeah. Yep. yep. So yep. you get good feedback, and it's all in fun. We're not out to brag about our awards or our no our cheap ribbons. <laughs> cheap ribbons, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even more reason to go to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, other than the fact yes. that it was canceled last year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Thankfully, it's not canceled this year. Yeah, um, absolutely. After the whole COVID thing, we're kind of getting, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, as we are here without masks, so that, sure, which is good. Yeah. Um, That's great. And if they want to find your group, is it on Facebook? Or is yeah. It- uh, yes, we have a Facebook page. Um, look under the search bar, Northern Wisconsin. Northern. <laughs> Western Wisconsin. Western Wisconsin. Speaking of the fair, um, yeah. Western Wisconsin Homebrewers Guild, um, and it should pop up. We got kind of a little rinky-dink picture of us, you know, kind of uh, with a sign, you know. Sure. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look look for meetings starting in June or July. And yep. Uh, June. Uh, I June. By the time this podcast comes out. Yeah. Be. Yeah. This uh, this will come out next week. So, so yeah. yeah um, it's very Ju- timely. The June meeting we usually schedule for the second weekend in uh, the month. Um, but um, yeah, uh, look for us and and don't be intimidated. Hopefully Just you can uh, hopefully you can uh, make some meetings and if you're interested in brewing. Yeah. Feel free to talk to a lot of members. You know, they have a lot of knowledge on different uh, varieties and stuff like that. So That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for being a part of this. I, I appreciate uh, you giving me your time and talking about homebrewing because I know it's it's uh, it's a huge part of what makes our breweries what they are now. And, uh, and for those that are interested, you know, yep. 
Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you, thanks Landon. for coming, guys. We'll uh, talk to everybody uh, next time. Prost. <laughs>